Welcome to the Agents of Innovation podcast, where we feature conversations with entrepreneurs, philanthropists, and artists. Hello and welcome back to the Agents of Innovation podcast. I am your host, Francisco Gonzalez, and I want to thank you for joining us on episode 32. We are going to have a fantastic interview with Nick Gill. Uh, You might have actually remembered Nick Gill. We had him on at the end of episode one. Um, That was our very first episode, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Nick, but Nick is a musician and actor. Uh, He's from Fairhope, Alabama but also now lives in Nashville, Tennessee, where he's finishing, um, well, he's just recently finished a degree there at Lipscomb University, uh, but he is now uh, pursuing uh, his talents. Uh, We're going to get an update from Nick in a full interview, which we, uh, this is a much longer interview than we had on episode one with him. Also, at the end of this podcast, you'll hear a song from Nick called When I Worship You, and I think you'll find it to be a very uplifting song Uh, I really enjoy it uh, uh, myself. But um, before we get to that, I want to just thank everybody, all the listeners for the Agents of Innovation podcast. Could not do it without you. And um, when you um, are done listening to this podcast, or shoot, feel free to hit pause now and do it. Uh, Just go into iTunes and review. Give us a review. Um, Whatever numbers of stars you want to give us, but uh, you know, you want to write up something uh, that you reflect on about any of the episodes or. Uh, or just in the, on the podcast in general, we would really appreciate a review. It, it really bumps us up in the ratings on iTunes and allows more people to find us. So that would really be helpful. And as a reward, um, if you give us a review, we will give you a shout out on the next Agents of Innovation podcast. Um, you can shoot us a message as well, but we will see your review. Um, you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram on Facebook where just type in the search bar, Agents of Innovation Podcast. On Twitter, it's at Agent Innovation. And on Instagram, it's Innovation Radio. So we look forward to connecting with you on all those fronts. And, um, uh, you know, we're really looking forward to uh, having a lot more uh, great uh, podcasts ahead. Uh, got a lot of uh, interviews set up to, uh, to really uh, kind of draw you into some exciting people Um, in the world of entrepreneurship, philanthropy, and art and music. So I look forward to hearing from you. And now let's get ready for another episode of the Agents of Innovation podcast. Well, after about five takes here, I'd like to welcome back to the Agents of Innovation podcast, my good friend, Nick Gill. Nick, how are you doing tonight? Hey, hey, doing good. How you doing? Good. Well, um, I'm happy to be here, Nick, with you in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, it's, uh, it's been fun the last couple of days. Uh, we've actually, the main reason I came up here, um, other than to hang out with you, uh, was to actually hang out with you in your studio and record uh, some new sounds for the Agents of Innovation podcast. Yeah, it's coming along great. Um, I think we got some good intro music, some good bumper music, so... Well, I want to thank you uh, because when we when I first started the Agents of Innovation podcast two years ago, um, you know, you actually created the original uh, introductory music, the bumper music, all that. 
the sounds of the podcast that everybody's been used to hearing now for the last two years. And thought we needed a little refresh as we're, we're, we've hit now over 30 episodes. And, um, you know, so we did that. And we actually came in here to the studio together. Um, I, it was a really learning process for me with trying to, you know, hear all the sounds that, you know, just kind of starting from scratch. And it was kind of fun. So I hope everybody enjoys it. Um, it's definitely a new sound. Going to even take me getting used to it a little, little bit, I think. But um, uh, really, it was kind of cool to get in the studio uh, with you and do that. So thank you so much uh, for, for offering your time um, and uh, your, your uh, professional skills for the Agents of Innovation podcast. Absolutely. My pleasure. And I know we're going to get into a little bit that this is kind of what you're doing now a little, but um, I originally met you five or so years ago when you pl- came down to Panama City Beach and played at the Rock by the Sea Charity Music Festival. And, um, and you were uh, then promoting one of your albums. Uh, tell us a little bit about your music career, where you got started. Um, and, you know, we, I know we had you on episode one as one of our two guests, but you, there's been a lot that's happened in the last two years since we did that. Um, and uh, so what are you doing here in Nashville? So I moved to Nashville initially to do music, and then I decided to go to school. So I went to Lipscomb University. I just graduated this past May. Congratulations, college graduate. (laughs) Uh, With a degree in business and marketing. So if anyone out there um, is hiring, just let me know. Nick needs a job. The music's not paying off. Well, you know, it's a a tough art form. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, so I did school and then now I do a lot of music production. Um, I do like contract work for music producers and I also do a lot of my own uh, demo stuff and, you know, just small things like music for podcasts and um, I also do a lot of acting as well, along with trying to make enough money to eat too so well good so um uh how many albums did you produce um how many albums did i hear no just i'm sorry how many albums you uh, you you as an artist how many albums have you put out um let's see four to five one of them was an ep but i started in 2006 and then the last one i put out was in 2012 so what was the latest album? The latest one was Waves Are Only Water. Okay, great. And I know we're going to hear a song. Uh, well, we'll hear a song by you uh, later in the, in the podcast. Uh, well, uh, so, so you came back. So, so you originally um, had enrolled in college right out of high school, right? I, no, I actually just moved up here. Oh, so you, so you had not done any college. You had taken no some time off yet. after high school and went right into your music career. That's it. I hit Music Row, and I gave my record to as many people as possible. That's here in Nashville? Yep, right on 16th. Um, 16th and 17th, I think, is considered Music Row. So, And then you did that for how many years? I did that for two years, and then I moved to Auburn, Alabama. And then uh, I went to a community college there, and then I moved uh, back up to Nashville. So, And originally, you're from Fairhope, Alabama. I am. Well, I was born in D.C., and then I moved to Fairhope when I was... Wait, people are actually born in D.C.? Absolutely. Georgetown, oh. Washington, D.C. Wow. Beautiful place. Well, it's a place. <laughs> well, it's taken all of our money, but... Uh... Yeah, well, it happens. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I moved to Alabama, and, uh, yeah, so from there, I just... I've always kind of loved Nashville, so I just... 
fell in love with it when I first visited with my family back in like 2005. So, well, it's a beautiful city. It's um, you know, we had um your roommate on this podcast. We did just a couple hours ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, don't tell anybody that. We got to space these things okay. out. Okay. Um, but uh, but yes, um, we had a, we had Jordy Searcy on, and I was telling Jordy, you know, um, by by some. I guess circumstance. Uh, we this podcast has been really biased towards artists that live in Nashville. Uh, between you and Jordy and Steve Everett and Paul Fall and Amy Gearhart's and Matt Hires, um, we've had a lot of people. And I've, I've noticed there's also one uh, commonality between all of you. None of you are actually from Nashville. Right. I feel like it's very much a city that people move to. Specific. There's a lot of people from like Ohio, like. Kind of the Midwest area. It's it's interesting. I don't know. I, I, I you don't meet too many people from Nashville. But. Well, I remember when Matt was on Matt Hires. He uh, he mentioned that the in the in addition to this being such a great music city, um, it's also a, a very centrally located place, which you don't right. think about if you're not from here. But you got all the Midwest, the South, and even the Northeast really quick access. So yeah. I guess all all roads lead to Nashville. It's great for touring. Uh, actually. The tour buses, most people, even in L.A., like artists fly to Nashville just to and then pick up a bus and go on tour. Like this is like the bus hub of the United States. So so you, you toured around, you, you, you did your albums and you, then you decided I need to come back to school. You went to Lipscomb University. Um, and tell us a little bit more about, um, you know, your, your time there. Um, so I spent two... I and this spent, is after your community college and all. Right, right. I spent three years there because I was doing I was still doing music and stuff. Uh but it was a great, great school. Um, I feel like I learned a lot just by being in that environment and meeting new people. But um, I also love the fact that I was able to, you know, be an adult and do musical things and do uh, the acting. But also, like, I feel like I was well balanced as far as like being able to do my school, being able to do my acting, and it just came together great. So yeah, let's t- talk a little bit more about your acting because I know you've been getting into that a little bit more. Uh, how did you get into acting, and what are what are some of the roles you've uh, you've been in, and uh, some things moving forward? Hmm. So uh, I do a lot of like self tape auditions based here in Nashville. Um, so we actually did an audition last night. Don't, yeah. Don't so let's let's movie. let's listen to the uh, let's 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 let the audience uh, in on something here. I was up till about three in the morning uh, with Nick, um, and you know I can't tell you what the part was or anything like that. Uh, but we he video recorded it, and I, I read part of the script with him so that he could do it. And when he first told me that he wanted me to help him with this, I thought we were just rehearsing. But this <laughs> this is actually live. Well, I mean whatever you call it, recorded. Um, uh, auditions that you just you record right. and you and you and you send it in you you digitally email it or something right. right in theory you should be able to get the scene down in a couple takes but I think eighty five takes later we had a couple to choose from so I mean I mean I mean to be fair you did two different scenes we did yeah but one but, scene was like five words so yeah but yeah it's a I mean it's a lot of fun getting new scenes and getting to see like what's coming out. And just being a part, a small part. Like I love being a small part of any big major movie or TV. So have you been? Uh, have you been a part of any major films? I, not really. I mean, I was an extra in a couple big films. Like I was in the back of the Mockingjay Part Two. 
Hunger Games. Hunger Games. I got to punch Donald Sutherland in the face. Pretend. Which uh, Hunger Games? Mockingjay Part 2? Mockingjay Part 2. How, about how far into the movie is that where you're punching so Donald Sutherland? That's, well, that didn't make it. Like, you can't see it because they didn't use that shot. But um, I want to say that was uh, at the end of the film. But they didn't use it, so no, no viewers Well, they used it. it. They used it, but they were super, the coverage was like aerial, I think. I think. Uh, so you couldn't see the specific people. Interesting. But I've had a couple lines on a couple TV shows. I had a line on a, a couple lines on a Netflix show, and then I had a show called Nashville that I was a part of too so cool well um sounds like uh, there's some interesting things on the horizon for you um so I remember when I came back I actually was in Nashville last October or so for a conference and I remember you and I sat down for dinner and you were still in school then you just graduated when in May in May in May and I remember you were telling me tell me if I'm, I'm paraphrasing here but you were basically saying um, yeah, I think I think I think I want to you know finish college here and then and then go on to some career outside of music and maybe 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 the acting maybe I'll do some things but but really I need to you know I need to make some money I need to I need to start a career. Uh, you're what 25 years old now. 25. Yeah, and I and I remember my comment to you uh, if I remember correctly was uh, I think you know it's very my 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 perception is it's very tough um, as an artist to you know to make a living you know there's so much. Uh, so much great talent out there and all these things. But I, I personally think, you know, I'm a little biased, but I think you're, uh, you've got a lot of great talent in, in your music. You've got a, you got a very interesting uh, voice and sound. And so I, I said, yeah, whatever you can do there, you know, I think maybe, maybe, maybe try it out one more time or, or maybe just not, not give it up totally, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe do that. So uh, um, I don't know, what, what, have you, what have you been your, what your thoughts and, and pursuits uh, since, since we talked in October? Well, I love the avenue that music production has opened up for me because I can work on other people's projects, but like if I feel like I have something that I need to record, then I can just do it, you know? I don't have to book a studio. I can just hit record and get it done. Um, but I also, you know, there's the reality of having to pay rent, you know? <laughs> right. So I have... Um, I have kind of a day job currently at O'Charlie's. I am training. I'm in training. I'm four out of my five days, uh, but I don't think I'm going to make the fifth day. <laughs> don't tell them. But, uh, well, by the time we uh, actually put this podcast up, we'll know if you went through we will know. day five. We'll know. Can you, can you add, put a little punch we'll, in? We'll edit. put something in the blog. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, but I love their food. I just, I don't know if I was designed to work with food. In general, like I just, I don't know. I spilled five sweet teas on someone the other day, <laughs> so it wasn't. Well, great. you know, Nick, the the first week in any job could be tough, right, you know, especially right. in challenging careers like food service. Yeah, it's challenging. It's challenging. It's it's really. Ch- I don't think that I don't think waiters get enough respect. Like it's it's a ton of work. Um, but yeah, I mean. Well, we can't we can't all be uh, you know movie stars so no yeah that's true too. almost have to do real work out there no we have to I mean I I have a couple of leads uh, on other jobs in Nashville that I'm looking at getting part time uh, I just I think the main thing is trying to find like a flexible job that I can also like pursue my creative passions as well so 
So, uh, so, so, so you're here in Nashville. You've graduated college. You're working some jobs with trying to get some flexibility. Um, you've got uh, different acting gigs. Tell me a little bit about how you actually find these acting opportunities. So I have an agent that uh, finds them for me. Um, and so she'll send me the, the sides, which is like the script. And then I'll, I'll tape it and then send it back to them. And you usually don't hear anything from them, but uh, every now and then you do. And so it's exciting. So how many times have you done tapings? I mean, how many different between TV shows, commercials, movies, whatever? How many tapings combined have you, you know, just generally do you think you've done? And how many have you gotten callbacks for that have actually worked out to some kind of gig? Uh, that's hard to say. I mean, I've probably done hundred maybe uh, but out of those I probably booked like 20 that's not bad yeah I mean well I probably booked more than that but I don't know it's 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 tough especially with the TV shows and film I feel like with the local things it's easier because the talent pool is smaller and so it's a lot you know I feel like the casting directors locally know you so what, what, give me an example of what you mean by a local thing uh, like a local uh, Toyota commercial. Okay. Or, yeah, something like that. Um, so uh, how, how much, like, so you're, you, one of the things you're doing right now, too, is you're taking some courses in real estate, right? I am. So, so tell me, what that, what's that about? Uh, so my dad actually does real estate for a living, and uh, I've just been, you know, just pursuing every opportunity I can and as far as finding jobs and so I decided I'd look into this and I don't know so far it's cool it's really cool and I love we went house hunting um, for my girlfriend just moved uh, and so we we were looking at houses with her family and it was a ton of fun so uh, I don't know I think something could come out of it and maybe I could get a job there and again like that Occupation is very flexible, so I can do acting, I, I can do music, and still, you know, have enough income coming in. Yeah, no, um, that sounds great. So, what was, what did you study at Lipscomb University? I studied business and marketing. I had like an integrated studies major, so it was a blend of the two. So, um, you know, I don't know too much about this, but uh, is they don't teach real estate, or was it, were there not they, any opportunities? You have to. I mean, it seems like you've graduated college now. You're, you're like going back yeah. for additional courses right. outside of the college. Right, right. I mean, they do have an, a class for it, uh, but I, I don't know if I was able to take it. I'm not sure why, but uh, I think maybe it was for grad. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, for to get your license, you have to take four weeks of class, and then. You have to take a, uh, a post-licensing, like, 30-hour online class. And then you have to take the test. And then and then you have to hang up your license within an agency. So a lot kind of goes into it. All right. So, uh, so Nick is a potential uh, real estate um, agent out there. And uh, uh, we are going to wait and see uh, what, what, he, uh, what he wants to do there. 
Uh, but let me ask you, um, you're sort of at this intersection now. You're 25 years right. old. You t- you, you've graduated college. You're taking some real estate courses. Uh, but like you said before, you're kind of like waiting to kind of, I mean, you're, you've got to have some things that pay the rent here. Um, right. But let's just say if money wasn't an option or wasn't a factor, you know, you had plenty of funds or whatever, uh, what's, what would really be your passion that you want to pursue right now? What's like the thing you, you just want to do? If money, w- I'd, I'd probably move to L.A. Uh, Abby and I had been talking about going to L.A. Um, but again, like it's super expensive to live there. So, And again, I, the, the film and television market in Atlanta is, I think it's better than L.A. now, like technically. I feel like there's more things being shot there, and so there's more opportunity for people to get booked. So You've done some things in Atlanta already, right? I have, yeah, a couple things. You were were you living in Atlanta? I wasn't. No, no you I just felt like I was. Yeah, I remember you were while. there a little bit. Yeah. Um. So, but L.A. You would go there for the right the acting, right, right, right. And I do. I love L.A. I think L.A. is cool. Um. But yeah, it's just not in the cards right now. So. All right. So, but that's uh. But acting's acting's kind of like the number one thing you want to pursue right now. Is that over music or is? is I think. Uh, I think I'm honestly like I feel like I'm doing them both as much as I can, like as much as I possibly can. It's just I need to be. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm dedicating as much time as I want to to them right now. So, so uh, the other thing you mentioned that you're doing, and you did a little bit with me with helping me with this podcast uh, music is the music production. Right. Uh, are you uh, teaching music? Are you producing? Are you helping other artists? T- uh, tell me how that's going. And are you doing any writing? So I've been doing uh, a lot of like just having artists come in and we'll make like a guitar vocal track and then I'll like add the, you know, the sounds over that and the beats and all that. And um, So I've been doing that uh, for the past like two, three years. And... Uh, Lately, it's been paying a little bit, so that's been really cool to see. So, I mean, it seems like Nashville must have a market for, right, you know, musicians right. that want to produce music, and they're probably not, you know, they don't have a ton of money, so, you know, maybe like more independent studios like the one you have here um, might be something more feasible for them and also help you. It's true, but there's also a lot of people that have MacBook Pros that can buy Logic, you know, for 150 bucks or however, I don't know how much it costs, but uh, it's pretty cheap to record music now. So you just need like a decent laptop. And so are you saying that most kind of independent artists um, don't necessarily go into a studio with somebody like you or even even a more souped up studio um, uh, and, and can just kind of do it on their own? Well, I, I think you can. I mean, it, with the right stuff, like, um, I mean, it's one thing if you want, like, a certain space to record in. Like, studios have great spaces that sound really good. But if you just, if your thing is, like, pop and, like, you use a bunch of, like, software instruments like we use, um, then you don't, you don't necessarily need that space to record. So what would be, like, your selling point to... Uh somebody who wants to record like what like why why should they come to Nick Gill's Clifton Studios I feel I, I, I like to uh, think that my studio is like an express like a an express studio it's like 
it's like the Dunkin' Donuts next to Starbucks. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just it's just as good. I can get it to sound just as good, and then I could tri- I could send it somewhere else to get it sound to sound a little better. But um, yeah, I think that it's just it's it's fast. It's um, it's way more affordable. Uh, like I only charge like ten dollars an hour, which is that's super cheap. Most studios are like fifty. Yeah, when you were telling me that a few weeks ago, I was like, "That's like super cheap." I'm thinking, but I, I mean, I guess it's just whatever you feel the value of the time with the right, right. That I you mean, want to help people with right. Uh, you know, I I think that it's ten dollars an hour, but if I worked like eighty hours, on, like I spend so much time on a song, I'll spend eighty to a hundred hours just fiddling with the song and um so it it i mean it it, i get so much joy out of doing it that i don't mind charging that much so yeah so let's let's talk about that um you are getting a lot of uh i mean you seem like you're getting you you know you you put you so you, you put your own music together uh so that's like creating something for that you that you are expressing Right, but how what how does that compare to um, you know helping other artists? Like, do you get it, uh, as much kind of joy and satisfaction out of that? Or I do, I do. I love being like, I love helping, but like not like being at the forefront, just being like the support system to make to make it sound the way it should be, or the way it needs to be, or the way the artist thinks it should be. Like I. I mean, this, you know, the spotlight's fun, but I, I, I really love just, like, exploring, you know, within Logic and getting to discover new sounds and making samples, and it's just really interesting to me, so. So, what we've heard on this Welcome Back podcast with Nick Gill, and let me sum this up for you, Nick, we've heard... Um, you do some some food service. Food service. Uh, you, uh, you, you produce your own music at times. You, you act... You, um, you're, 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 you're casting for, for many different parts and different types of uh, acting opportunities, TV, commercials, films, um, and now you're pro- producing music for other people and helping them. Uh, it sounds like you got a lot of kind of things going on there. Uh, oh, oh, and then there's the real estate right. possibility. So I see a lot of, it, a lot of things here. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe something will, uh, will eventually form where you're going to put all your time towards right. it. And then, of course, you just mentioned uh, you're interested if money wasn't an option and you didn't have that factor, uh, maybe pursue acting full time and move somewhere like L.A. or Atlanta right. uh, to do that. So I see, I see a lot going on here. Um, any any kind of last closing thoughts uh, bef- before we uh, introduce uh, the song here of, of uh, kind of the, the next direction, the next steps for Nick Gill? Um, the college graduate Nick Gill? College graduate, I, I feel like you know whatever it is you want to do, just go for it, but but be realistic. You know, I think that a lot of people um, they dive into the entertainment business thinking it's one thing, and it turns out being something completely different. And uh, you really have to love it. You know, you really have to love uh, <clears throat> whatever your passion and gift is. So just go for it, but be realistic and be humble. So we got a song here, Nick, that we're going to play uh, for our listeners at the end of the podcast. Uh, what song uh, are we going to play? We're going to do When I Worship You, produced by John Bowen. When I Worship You. So you can tell us a little bit about this song. Sounds like it's got some worship in it. It does. I, lo- I, love, I love jamming to that song. But uh, the, I, I wrote that song, the lyrics to it, on a treadmill. 
in Auburn, Alabama, and I came up. How do you write on a treadmill? It's really it's a lot of. Yeah. Do you have a pen and paper? Is it on your no, notepad? No, it's all in my head. So like okay. it's all in. I'm just, just like keeping a memory. And this pen. is when you say write. Is it the actual? Is it actually the uh, the music sounds, or is it or is it like the the lyrics? Oh, it's just lyrics. The lyrics. lyrics. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'll have like a progression and just just bounce off some ideas. Just yeah, it was tough. You know, a lot of bouncing up and down. But uh, I think we got the words out. So. Um, the so there. So yeah. So uh, so what what kind of inspired you to to write this song? I mean, first of all, I I love the song. I remember you sent this song to me maybe like two years ago or something. Right, and uh, I was I was like immediately like wow this is like an inspiring song I I, I listened to it like three or four times. Well, probably. I gotta give, I gotta give credit to the guy that produced it because uh, his name's John Bowen and he was an intern and then he worked for Ed Cash and Franklin and now I don't I haven't talked to him in a while but he's a great dude and he he's super talented uh, and so I was I was really happy with how that turned out because again like that that was a little demo that we did just guitar vocal kind of like I do in my studio and he just created something super cool out of it so so um did you actually release this song is it available I did it's on Spotify Apple Music all the places so great and um you know when I first heard this song and I think I talked to you about it a little while ago too um uh I said to you I said god this song like I know this this song would fit in in sort of the Christian music genre um, you haven't typically been a Christian music artist. Um, there's a huge audience out there for that, obviously. Um, and I do know that once you start releasing songs in that area, you, you kind of get uh, put in that box, in a sense, uh, of a Christian music artist. Um, what do you think about possibly pursuing more into that genre? And is that something that might interest you? Yeah, I mean, whatever comes out, comes out, like as far as songwriting, like, uh, I'm a Christian, so like if it's something that, you know, if I have something on my mind or something I feel like needs to be expressed, it's gonna come out. But uh, I don't, I don't like to be put in a box. Like I don't, I just, I just like to write. And if I like the song, then I'll put it out. So, well, so awesome, Nick. Well, uh, we're uh, we're pleased to have you back here on the Agents of Innovation podcast. Got to thank you again for all you've done to help the podcast with. Uh, the music uh, and the production of it. Yes, sir. And uh, here we go. We're going to play When I Worship You by Nick Gill. Spin it. (laughs) The days are getting longer And there's more for me to do But I don't feel accomplished day to day to do Oh, in all these things I've done And there's still an emptiness There's still a lonely heart That's been waiting for you Oh, you hold my hand in the thick and thin In the pain and sorrow There's a joy Take my heart, bring my soul to life I know that nothing here will ever make it right Oh, nothing in this world will do I come alive when I worship you I'm lying at a dead end Of all my wonders 
Worship you.